Mag. Research, including clinical trials, helps to change the story for cancer patients across Canada. I am now nine years cancer-free. Join Stand Up to Cancer Canada and the Canadian Cancer Society to learn more about the groundbreaking research that translates into life-saving treatments. Visit standuptocancer.ca slash ccs to learn more. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. The revised musical is presented by Created to Create's Musical Theatre Group, a program of the Northumberland Youth Unlimited and is licensed through Hams Whitmark and the MT Pit. This musical is based on the classic Schultz comic strip and is a compilation of skits and monologues around a day in the life of Charlie Brown. Grades 7 through 11 execute the production. Come see what it means to be a good man. All shows at Coburg Fellowship Baptist Church on Friday, May 10th at 7 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 11 and 3. Admission is free. Donations will be appreciated. For more information, visit nyfc.org. This ad made possible by our friends at Tug's Furniture Gallery, downtown Coburg. And now the weather for Northumberland County. Today, mainly cloudy. Showers beginning early this afternoon with a high of 14 degrees. Tonight, showers continue up to uh, 20 millimeters. Temperature steady near 14. For Friday, showers ending in the morning, then cloudy, with a high of 16 degrees, going down to a low of plus 4. And for Saturday, sunny with a high of 16 degrees. Keep it locked right here in Northumberland 89.7, building our community through truly local radio. I'm Uvi Meyer. Good morning, Drowning North. in a sea of social media, overwhelmed with fake news and misinformation, too many opinions and not enough facts? Every Friday at noon, Consider This Northumberland talks to the people making news across the county. These are the decision makers, influencers, and grassroots people who make a difference. I'm Robert Washburn, and I invite you to join me every Friday just after the noon news when you will be asked to Consider This Northumberland. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at Northumberland 89.7 Truly Local Radio. You are tuned in to Chef's Corner. And good morning, and in studios, well, this is me, Chef Michelle. Hi, <laughs> Chef Michelle. And, <laughs> and I'm Chef Ron. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Ron. Thanks. Thanks you know, for uh, coming. It, it's so beautiful out. Uh, even though it's a little windy, it's still nice because uh, it's, you know, I think we've really had a hard spring and we deserve nice weather. Yesterday was beautiful. Yes. And you know what? Uh, this wind is kind of nice. It's going to dry up the fields. Uh, planting season is starting for a lot of people. And then we're supposed to get some rain, which we'll need as yeah, well. Yeah, so it'll dry up a bit, get get what you got to get in sown and done in the garden, and then it's going to rain and make it all nice, and, and then that'll be it, and and soon we'll be eating food from the gardens. I planted a lot of seeds this Did you? Year. What yeah, did you plant? I plant every herb you could imagine I've, her- I've planted. I've got planters. Every herb? Well, <laughs> maybe not every herb. <laughs> that the edible herbs. Well, I guess that doesn't help either, does it? <laughs> but anyways, the uh, <laughs> and then and then of course I'm pretty soon I'm gonna get my t- I gotta get tomatoes in. There. I'll have to buy the 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 small like I don't seed the tomatoes. Yeah. But but uh, I'll buy the little plants and get them in the ground. And uh, I just love having tomatoes on hand, and I love having cucumbers on hand, and I love having dill and cilantro. And All of that stuff. And, and you know what, great. folks? Maybe you don't have a big green thumb. Um, maybe there's a part of your front garden, or maybe you just got a, ba- a bit of a back garden. Uh, maybe there's a little path along the walkway. Get get some herbs in there for yourself and, and p- try planting a few things and some well, tomato plants. Well, that's it, and too. And like, you might have some shady areas around your house or wherever. 
and, you know, like find out what grows in the shade that you can eat and plant the plant it there. Like I like rhubarb. I really do. I love rhubarb. So I plant it. I got rhubarb wherever I can fit rhubarb. I'll just put. Because and it's it, so beautiful it too because it looks it, lovely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can eat it. So why not? Just don't yeah. eat the leaves. Yeah. No. Definitely don't eat the leaves. But the stems are uh, And you can beautiful. freeze it. It freezes really well, too. It does. Folks, you can get rhubarb there. And, and it's it good vegetables. It goes great with fish. So it's really acidy. And yeah, I mean, it's. I love rhubarb. I like a, to make a little compote out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, when we were young, that was a treat for us. And growing up, especially at my grandmother's. Because, you know, you think old school, old world. And, and she would make like a compote and we would have that on ice cream. So it was like kind mm-hmm. of a compote served over ice cream with a bit Yama. of um, maple syrup dri- drizzled over it. You know, back in the day when you just didn't run off to the grocery store, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I was that was a stable in a, in a jar in the yeah, fridge. It was yeah. just there. It was my grandma made. too. Same thing. My grandpa had a huge garden. He, that was his thing. He loved to garden. He was always back there. And yeah, he always had rhubarb. They had a cherry tree too, which was really <gasps> neat as a kid growing up. My brother and I would climb the tree and get all the cherries on top that they couldn't pick. I have a great recipe for cherry leaf dills, and um, I will cherry share what? that with Who, what? cherry leaf dills. And it, oh, it, cherry leaf pick dill the, pickles. Right. Yes, okay. dill pickles. Um, yeah. So uh, more about that on the back end of the show and some other recipes. I want to allude to our guests um, coming into studio is Cindy Oslin from Oslin Farm Market. She will be here shortly. Gonna and we're going to be chatting her, with her, yeah, with all the things that she's got going on out there uh, and uh, her, her farm. And today's her big day, so I appreciate her taking the time to come in. And um, also our sponsor of Chef's Corner is True Saffron. And it just so happens that I have got Martin from True Saffron on the line. Good morning, Martin. Good morning, Michelle. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to call in. Not at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so for our listeners who don't know that we're growing saffron in Northumberland, guess what? We are. And <laughs> you and Eric <laughs> are, have spearheaded this whole thing. Uh, l- let's let people know a little bit about true saffron. Yeah, so we, uh, we planted uh, 50,000 bulbs in the uh, uh, summer of 2016. And so we've had our third harvest in uh, the fall of 2018. It was a shorter harvest, but it was a great harvest. Uh, 43,000 flowers were picked, peeled, and uh, trimmed. And then uh, we, again, uh, for the third year in a row, made a saffron that is well above grade one, uh, according to the lab analysis, uh, in both flavor and uh, color. See, folks. It's packed with everything that's healthy. Okay, so let's let's let our listeners know a little bit about that, Martin. Um, people don't often have saffron kicking around their kitchen. We can get it. We're going to talk about where you can get it from. We're going to talk about all the products that you're making with it. But let's talk first a little bit about the benefits of eating saffron. Well, I mean, uh, we don't claim to make any health uh, benefit claims, but uh, it's been used for thousands of years for many different reasons and for uh, many different uh, wanted effects. Uh, one thing we can uh, attest to is the euphoria it creates. Uh, you've experienced it with us, actually, at uh, Spare Restaurant. Uh, Chef Doug Hope uh, offers six-course true saffron dinners, and by course number two-ish, everybody, even though it's a long communal table, communal table where no one uh, really knows each other, by the second course, people are uh, feeling this the beginning of this euphoria and camaraderie. And uh, people, by the end of the meal, are exchanging numbers. And it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a mood enhancer for sure, including when you're peeling it. Uh, when we peel now, we peel at center and main chocolate. And so two tables of about eight to ten people 
uh, again, who don't know each other, who are just interested in our project and want to help, uh, are fast friends, and the conversation is boisterous and laughter's everywhere. It's, uh, it's a pretty powerful little spice. It absolutely is that everybody should have in their kitchen. Um, I personally like to have saffron water on hand and um, yes. and drink that. Yeah, and it just, you know, again with the health benefits and just that the whole euphoric feeling that you do get from it. And you know, it's such an old world spice, right? That's now, it. let's let our listeners know um, how many different products you're making. Um, well, with this, because you would never think, you know, Martin, i got to hand it to you and Eric, uh, you would never <laughs> think for one second that, you know, you could make all these different products with using saffron. Well, what we've tried to do is, because most Canadians, unless you come from a culture that has used saffron or uses it as part of their family, you know, ritual meals, uh, uh, you don't really necessarily grow up with saffron. So in our case, what we've tried to do is create and infuse our saffron into products that Canadians, most Canadians, already know or will discover our saffron through. So from crab apple jelly that's infused with our saffron, that one always sells out fast uh, because uh, we have a limited supply of crab apples that uh, these crab apples don't require any pectin uh, to make the gel, uh, to gel the actual jelly. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so there's a simple saffron jelly as well, which is great for charcuterie plates and cheeses. There's the, the mustard made with Canadian seed mustard that people go crazy about. It's got the, the seeds in it, and the, it's like pop rocks uh, on the tongue. They are so ripe with flavor and saffron and, and infused uh, white wine vinegar that it's, uh, it's an experience to, to, to savor it. There's the hot sauce. So for those who don't know saffron, they may not notice it in the hot sauce. If you know saffron, it's those fin- finishing notes at the end. There's the uh, organic apple uh, cider vinegar. Really? Wow. Yeah. Unfiltered, unpasteurized. It's very delicious. Um, some people just have a teaspoon every morning or a tablespoon. Uh, it's fantastic in vinaigrettes. Uh, if you have, if you use the white wine vinegar that we've infused with saffron, that makes the best Greek salad dressing, and then your feta is bright yellow. It's uh, it's a visual experience as well. And the other two, the last two, are uh, the simple saffron syrup, which is in itself a revelation. So for people wanting to discover saffron who say, you know, I, I didn't grow up with saffron, I don't know what saffron tastes like, that's the go-to. Uh, you can put it on fruit and yogurt, use it uh, on pancakes, uh, but if you... Uh, deglaze mushrooms and onions with it, it adds uh, a floral element, a, a wonderful flavor that's subtle, and uh, you can use it also in stir-fries. And the last one is the maple syrup that uh, we all know. It's so Canadian. But when you have it infused with saffron, it, it has finishing notes, again, that are just uh, unforgettable. Wow, there's a lot of products there. You have yeah. been absolutely busy. Uh, I know Centre and Maine have been using it in their chocolate. They've done... What did I see the other day? Some sort of creme brulee bonbon? Yeah, so Eric had made a creme brulee, and I guess we were going into the village the next day, and we thought, well, we had some spare, because he always makes too many. And so, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we brought them to, uh, to Eve and Angela from Center and Main Chocolate Company in Warkworth, and Angela had one bite, and she immediately wrote Eric and said that, that, she, that he had inspired her to create a product, and that's what 
this resulting bonbon is. It's it's uh, a ganache that she made inspired with his by his creme brulee. Wow! It, uh, and sometimes she wraps it in white chocolate, uh, and sometimes she wraps it in dark chocolate. Recently, I think it's in dark. But what she does, she's uh, Angela is so. Uh, uh, such a chemist in a way. She she finds flavor profiles that are unbelievably uh, in, innovative and uh, fantastic on the palate. She just created a gin and tonic bar that <laughs> you swear there's gin in it, but of course there isn't. Uh, she's so creative. Oh, I know. Um, tons of creativity there with her and, and, and using your product and taking that through and, and following it. Um, you were, I know, Chef Michael, uh, shout out to him as we like to say who's on assignment, uh, not in studio today, but um, right. he used your saffron at the Screen Actor Guild Awards, I believe. Yes, uh, Chef Bruce Berger and he uh, featured it uh, on the cod, the black cod, and it was a glorious uh, uh, dish uh, looking. Uh, we, were, we weren't lucky enough to be there. We were busy at the time, but uh, it looked fantastic, and it was quite a privilege to be at the Canadian Screen Awards and serve to so many of Canada's, you know, uh, most sought-after entertainment people. Absolutely. But it no. was also used uh, as a secret uh, black box ingredient at the Canadian Culinary Championships in Kelowna in uh, February. I saw that up on your Facebook. Folks, we're just yeah. chatting here with Martin from True Saffron. Martin and Eric, who own it in Workworth. Um, you know, who who could believe that we're growing beautiful saffron here in Northumberland County and, and, and have been for, for a few years now. You can go to their Facebook site to, to find out more information about them and their website, which is beautifully put together. I mean, Martin, ha, Martin, I'm, like, I'm just, you've got saffron jelly, you've got a mustard you're doing, a white wine vinegar apple cider vinegar, a hot sauce, maple syrup-infused saffron, and chocolate. Where can we get some of these products? Oh, so you can get them in Coburg. You can get them uh, some of the products and the saffron at Millstone Bread. Uh, you can get some of the products and the saffron uh, at uh, Brighton's Special Effects Decorating, okay. Center and Main Chocolate Company in Warkworth, Chasing the Cheese in Peterborough uh, also carries them. And so, yeah, so there's... Uh, there's four locations right now. Oh, and there's also Sharps in Campbellford that carries some of the infused products, not the saffron. Quite a, quite a few pl places. So that's nice. You're not doing any of the farmer's markets. I guess there's not really any time for that if you're in production with all these things, right? It, that is, I mean, we try to do pop-ups. We'll be at the, uh, we were just at Terroir, uh, featured by St. Anne's Spa, uh, Chef ben, Benjamin Lewis uh, and his team, and uh, others uh, from... Uh, the Urban Acorn Catering uh, was featuring our saffron in one of their dishes. It was also on the bread made by uh, another group uh, as a sprinkling. Um, but, yeah, we'll be at the uh, Warkworth Lilac Festival later on this month. Uh, we'll be at Incredible Edibles this summer. And there may be something about cotton candy made with saffron. Ooh. Throw it out there. Oh, is that Ruby's Cotton Candy? No, that would be our cotton candy. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Saffron cotton candy. It doesn't get any better than that. You got a little, <laughs> got some chocolate going on. You got the, the, the cotton candy happening. You guys are just amazing. And, um, you know, you, Workworth is, is completely getting on the map there. There's so many wonderful restaurants and places. Um, Chef Doug Hope from Spare Restaurant out there. I know he's done the tasting and I've been to that and, and I love it. And I hope he does another one. I think he just did one not too long ago. Um, 
And so there you have it, folks. So true saffron. Get yourself some saffron. Get get saffron in the kitchen. <laughs> That's it. Oh, uh, and, sorry. And, uh, so when we'll have, we'll have the mustard dropped off today for your winner. Right. So skill-tasting question of the day, folks, if you are tuned in and listening here, um, you're going to get a chance to try some other saffron-infused mustard. And um, um, Martin and Eric from True Saffron are going to drop it off a little bit later on, I guess, in the week, Martin? Today, so at some oh. point. Oh, later on today. Okay, cool. Uh, so the skill-tasting question of the day is uh, how many products are True Saffron currently producing? And we did name a few. Um, so I'm going to say name at least three of them. Name at least three products that True Saffron... Yeah, there's there's lots to choose from, and I've even <laughs> recapped, so that's lots of fun. Um, thank you so much, you guys, for being a sponsor of Chef's Corner. Thank you. Here on sure. Northumberland 89.7. And um, all the best to you guys in, in the season ahead. I know you're probably really busy doing all kinds of things right now. That's it. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. All right. Take care, Martin, and True Saffron, and Eric, and everybody, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, everybody, there you have it. True Saffron. True Saffron. Get your saffron on in the kitchen. (laughs) Uh, The number to call in and answer that skill-tasting question is 905 372-2321, 372-2321, 372-2321, 372-2321, name three products that True Saffron is currently making, and uh, I think that's fair enough. There's more than three that they are making, and uh, give uh, give Lena a call. She's waiting on the phone lines, and you can and try some other saffron mustard they're going to drop off later on today. That's pretty cool. I really appreciate that. All right, we are going to take a little quick break here, folks. And in studio coming up is Cindy Oslin from Oslin Farm Market. We are going to find out all about what she's been planting and growing and cultivating and doing out there. Uh, So stay tuned for more Chef's Corner on the flip side. True Saffron produces some of the best saffron in the world. Our saffron is truly local, offering a spice that may not only let you shine in the kitchen, but is also the pride of our county. Featured as a secret ingredient at the Canadian Culinary Championships and savored at the Canadian Screen Awards. Get yours at Millstone Bread, Special Effects Decorating, Chasing the Cheese, Center and Main Chocolate Company, or at truesaffron.ca. True Saffron, the pinch of red and you're golden. One of the great musicals of all time takes the stage at the Capitol Theatre May 23rd through June 16th. Powered by Frank Lesser's wonderful musical score, this song and dance extravaganza about gangsters, malls, and true love comes to life with a talented cast led by artistic director Susan Furley in her directorial debut at the Capitol. Get your tickets for Guys and Dolls today. Call 905-885-1071 or visit capitaltheater.com. And we're back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Chef's Corner on Northumberland 89.7. As I alluded to before the break, um, answer our first skill-tasting question of the day, which uh, was our sponsor of our show, True Saffron. And uh, how many products are they currently making? I was asking if you could name three. Uh, 905-372-2321 to call in. And in studio this morning, Cindy. Good morning. Cindy Oslin. Good morning. How are you, Michelle? Ah, great. I'm glad to have you in. And, uh, you know, you've been really busy out there. A lot of changes going on. For those folks who don't know, Cindy, you used to have the the store on uh, Toronto Road, right? That's correct. And uh, 
since the spring, well, since a while ago now. Since November. Since November, yeah. You've decided to move it back to the farm. Yep, yep. Uh, our landlord, uh, God bless him, he sold the building, so... Oh. <laughs> uh, sold the building, so he... Uh, um, I had to make a decision. So we moved it back to the farm and it's working out absolutely wonderful. People are finding us and uh, I'm delighted to be home. <laughs> so so where where is this farm? Okay, so we're located at 4996 Fifth Line, Port Hope. So okay. if you're coming out straight out north past the our old location, uh, we're about six minutes up the road through Canton and you turn right just past the, the hub, the local library, and we're the second house in on the left. It's a beautiful stone farmhouse and you'll see our beautiful barn painting on our on our barn. Uh, that Pamela Tate has done um, of uh, some a lovely animals and uh, yeah it's a, just a beautiful historic building my husband's family's been there uh, the Oslins have been there since 1900 and uh, it's just gorgeous so quite a history oh, so totally. four sorry 499 six fifth line 4996 fifth line I'm just mm -hmm. looking it up on yep. my on my little googly map thing. There Google you go. Google Maps Hey, thank goodness for Google Maps, oh, eh? Oh, it's unbelievable, yeah. Even you if you don't anything. know north, south, east, west, Google Maps knows. Ah, there you are. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, you've got like a whole bird's eye view there. I do. It's the Google It's the Google satellite image of your farm. Oh, there you go. Oh, how cool, cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> See, there you are right there. There we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> let's let our listeners know, Cindy, a little bit about what you've got. Um, let's talk meat first, okay. meat-wise, what you've got there, what's locally grown, what you're sourcing out, what you, you're actually having on the farm. Okay. And uh, just so that they're aware. And, uh, you know, I just want to remind yeah. everybody in, in keeping it local, right? Absolutely. Well, on our farm, we do raise... Uh, uh, Charlotte cattle and we also raise sheep so we have beef and lamb uh, from our farm we also have um, I bring in uh, lovely locally raised chickens from um, a farm near Keene and um, I source uh, naturally raised pork uh, through my butcher shop that uh, we raise we have as well and I also bring in from Sealand wild-caught fish so we have usually have some wild-caught salmon there individually packaged and it's absolutely wonderful. I've got a lot of people. It's all sushi grade, flash frozen within an hour. It's it's gorgeous. What, so so where is this fish coming it's from? It's coming like from Sealand. So it's it's Norwegian fish, and uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. There's some cedar plank there with some orange ginger app, uh, orange apple ginger sauce on it that you can throw on on the grill. Just throw right. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to yeah. go. Or you can do your. You, I do skin on and skin off sushi sushi grade. Uh, it's a tenderloin, so it's it's absolutely beautiful. Delicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we do farm fresh eggs. Uh, we do have chickens, so we have some farm fresh eggs from our farm, but then I also bring in from Hollingsworth Farm because we just don't have enough. Right, the demand mm -hmm. is so high for those. Uh, how much is it for a dozen of eggs? I'm just curious to let our listeners. What? Three fifty. No, it's not bad. Free range farm yeah. eggs, three fifty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, how can you lose? No, yeah. you can't. There's, you know, it's funny. I, 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 it's been about fifteen years now since I've noticed that there really is a difference. Mm -hmm. But oh my god, when I first had that. What's the word? Epiphany? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or yeah. that, that spiritual awakening that, oh my God, farm fresh eggs really are better than your... Uh, oh, they're creamy. They're beautiful. Uh, they don't taste they like just, plastic. And, and they hold together. Like you can tell. I remember learning in school the difference between a fresh egg and, and a not so fresh egg is when you crack it, if it, if it kind of holds together and it's very gelatinous, the whites that when they're clear, if they just kind of hold together and the yolk is sitting up high, mm -hmm. nice fresh egg. But if it all goes kind of runny and flat, then it's not so fresh. But I find with farm fresh eggs, they're always like that. They're yeah. just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing with farm fresh eggs is that you 
cannot boil them for a hard-boiled egg. The shells just do not come off. Then they it just peels them off. Even oh, really? p- even putting a bit of vinegar or lemon uh, juice no, in no, there? No, salt even no, no. You got to uh, wait at least a week and a half, two weeks before you can do that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. The, the membrane has to separate from the, from the egg. It dries oh. out a little bit, so then it allows that to happen. Yeah. So you got to wait a week or so yeah, before you can have so. a hard boil- boiled yeah. egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to boil it and then just scoop it out. But I mean, if you were doing deviled eggs or something. Yeah, it wouldn't look so good. Not but if you're so making much. egg salad, I guess it yeah, wouldn't matter too much, totally right? Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. Or if you're eating it just yeah. out of the shell. Yeah. 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 Scoop I like it my mom used to do that. We always had, for us kids, we had those little egg cups. Yeah, me too. We always had, and we still do. We still do, my kids. My I can remember as a kid, my grandmother raised me and she would do these beautiful soft boiled eggs because that was my favorite. And then she sliced my toast nice and all in strips so I could dunk it in my egg. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> Those are the little things. You know, that, that's kind of a, a nice thing to uh, thought uh, going into Mother's Day this weekend, which is, you know, Sunday, as everybody knows. Uh, you know, it's uh, all our mothers out there. A big shout out to them and the grandmothers and, and all moms and anybody. And even if you're not a mom, you're probably a mom to somebody around <laughs> somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, even Absolutely. if you don't have your own kids. Yeah. but. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, great memories. So a a lovely variety of meat out there. So you've got a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, are your cows, are they specifically grass-fed? They are. They they, they receive uh, fresh hay during the winter months all the time. Uh, We do grow some grain. We do um, uh, non-GMO, no antibiotics, no growth hormones, any of that. So it's all naturally raised. Um, and so they get a little, they get some grain, um, especially when they're lactating. They need that mm-hmm. um, in the winter months. Mm-hmm. Now, soon they'll be going out to pasture. So from, I'm going to say, the 24th, 25th of May, usually until l- the last part of October, first part of November, they're out on grass. So Where they're supposed to be. Totally. Right. So they get totally grass-fed there, and then they come back in, and we do give them a bit of grain ration because they have in January, usually December, January, and so it gives, gives them a little extra boost, and of course they're coming off of grass, so they need that a little extra nutrition mm-hmm. than, instead mm-hmm. of dry hay. That's a lot to raise in a cow, you oh know? Oh my gosh, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And do you have lamb out there? We do. We've got uh, not as many as I used to have. I sold my flock off a couple of years ago, but Darl's got, I think, 18... Yo's there, and I think there's 20 or 22 lambs. Well, because they're all having babies now. They're all having (laughs) babies. There's lots of babies running around. And anybody that comes out to the farm, you know, we don't mind if people wander around and they go see the cows and the chickens and and see the sheep. We're totally cool with that. You know, go for a walk. Go go for a walk down through the woods. We're cool with that. That's, you know, that's what it's about and, and enjoying the farm. Put your rubbers on, folks. Yeah, especially <laughs> right now. Don't come out in high heels down to the farm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dress appropriately. <laughs> of course they will. Um, so such a huge variety of meat. You've got eggs there. Uh, let's talk about the produce. Oh, my gosh. Right now, you know, here we are. It's been a really cold spring. And so, you know, you would think that there wouldn't be much available. Nope, you'd be wrong. We have beautiful <laughs> <laughs> lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, all from Lakes Greenhouse. We bring in Ontario carrots, we have cabbage, um, onions, everything's Ontario. Um, I rely on nine different farms to help me to supply what we do at the market. And uh, yeah, so we have a nice array of, you know, you can make a beautiful salad of beautiful cherry tomatoes, uh, peppers, Ontario peppers, hothouse peppers, just beautiful. Which is what you have to do, like when, you know, in the winter, I mean, hey, you know, it's great that we have these larger greenhouses uh, to pull on so that it can support the business that you're doing f- exactly. and supplying people because like you know as a normal customer you can't 
just run to all these different places and, and get your fresh exactly. produce as much as you want to support the local in the Ontario, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you're you're doing one-stop shopping stuff. Yeah, so I bring it all in. Uh, so a lot of it I go to the individual farms and pick it up. And uh, so I'm running all week, but uh, I enjoy it. And I really enjoy, you know, that I'm offering my customers this. You know, we do a food box every week and it's people are really happy. So, yes. So let's talk about the food box. Okay. Okay. So folks, if you don't know that you can get a food box in it, you know, here, here we go. Here's something. And let's give a price point too. Okay. So we have a subscription program that goes um, from the first of May to the third week in November. And so last week was our, was our first week and it's a huge, huge success. People really love it. You can do do just vegetables if you want. And we do a small, medium, and large in that. And that ranges anywhere from $24 up to $50 a week. And then we also do one with, um, our, our own meats and um, farm fresh eggs in it as well. And that ranges anywhere from $84 a week, including five varieties of meat, um, farm fresh eggs, and 12 to 15 varieties of produce every week. Wow. And that would feed how many people? Uh, that would that would be tight for two. Yeah, I mean, you have lots of meat in there, but, you know, for vegetables, you'd probably, if you're growing a garden and stuff, you, yeah, you're, it's a supplement. Lot. So it's going to be lots, you know. Now, I had one older couple last week. She got her box for the first time. She's never done it before. And she says, this is too much food. Darling, then you're not eating right. (laughs) (laughs) Or enough. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So then... um, Well, most of it's frozen, though. The meats are frozen. The meats are all frozen. So you can just toss those in the freezer and then, you know... And we have couples that do that. Like, you know, they'll they'll do their food box for the the duration of the period. And then they've got all that extra in the freezer um, for winter. And all the extra vegetables that they have, they do down. Anything left over, they do it down and throw it in the freezer. So they've got it for soups and stews and, Mm -hmm. and whatever through the winter months mm-hmm. so it's saving them a bundle of money and uh, that's absolutely amazing do you have an idea um in comparison to um going to a more of a grocery store and i know a lot of people sort of are under the impression that going to someone like yourself cindy for those of you just tuning in we're chatting with cindy oslin from oslin farm market and we're learning all about all the things she's got going on out there at the farm um com- in comparison shopping wise um like uh, you know all of a sudden, I just saw the other day, beef has went through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if your prices fluctuate like that because you're mm-hmm. growing it yourself. Like, what's your sort of price point on a, you know, couple of steaks? Like? Okay, well, um, right now, our ground beef is five ninety nine a pound. Lean ground beef, it's been the same price for probably the last six years. I have not raised my prices, and you're right, beef has gone through the roof. It's absolutely crazy. So, what you know, anything that we ship... We don't ship a lot, but anything we ship, we're getting in a phenomenal price for. And you kind of wonder, hmm, you know, but no, I want to keep my prices low. If you went into, say, the independent grocery store and you bought free from meat there, you're going to pay about four times the amount that we charge. Yeah. And our meat's free from. Mm-hmm. But it's more than free from because we go the extra mile and say no GMOs, no antibiotics, no growth hormones. And it's like, grown you know, in Northumberland so, yeah. County. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. great. So, and a couple of steaks, you're probably running about $15 for each for a couple of lovely T-bone steaks. You know, that's not bad. That's not and bad. And you know where it's coming from. Exactly. Cindy Olson's farm. <laughs> the quality is excellent. It's hung for three weeks. It's not too. Meat's supposed to be dark. You go into the grocery store and you mm, see that it's bright red. It's mm. not supposed to be that color. They use dyes. They do. They, they use a red do. dye. Yeah. A red food, I, like I a I food dye. They do. You know, they, they use they something. Do? CFIA doesn't allow the red food dye. Well, it's something. Meat. Well, what about the those cherries that you buy and they use some beetle to make the cherries look red? 
I don't know about cherry. I'll have to look into that. There's a whole show right there. There you go. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So we've got our meats covered. Nice comparison on that. You've got salmon out there. Uh, You've got all the veggies out there. Um, Let's take a little quick. I got two little commercial quick things to fit in here. Mm -hmm. And then I want to come back and talk to you, Cindy, about this new supplement that you found. And I want to let our listeners know about that and how it's changed your life Mm -hmm. and give them an opportunity perhaps to contact you and find out more information about it. Sounds great. Stay tuned, folks. We've got a lot more coming from Cindy Oslin, Oslin Farm Market, and a lot more for Chef's Corner Northumberland. If you're a local business owner and looking to get the word out, ask about advertising with us. We're happy to talk to you about how we can help grow your business. Just call 905-372-2391. We're Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. How quick was that? And we're That back. was quick. You ah. said quick. You meant it. I meant it. I meant it. <laughs> no fooling around. We're sitting <laughs> in studio here chatting with Cindy Oslin from Oslin Farm Market. Okay, um, Cindy, we've talked all about your CSA program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get numbers and, and all that sort of information on the on the back end here. Uh, we've talked about all the beautiful produce you've got, the meat you've got, uh, all the things that you have out there. Uh, let's talk about this change in life um, that happened for you a few weeks ago back. Let's let our listeners well, know. It's a nice story. I, I have MS. I'm, I'm 36 years in with MS and I recently went through uh, at the end of March a major flare-up. I wasn't able to walk and that was pretty scary that's you know that's your worst nightmare really and whatnot and usually these flare-ups usually last two to three months of you know acute side effects not being able to walk you know using a walker slowly getting yourself yourself and your strength back but a dear friend of mine had introduced me to this uh this nutrigenomics is what it's called um uh products that they're all natural herbal products and so i thought well you know what i have nothing to lose i've got everything to gain and nothing to lose so i started them on the 4th of april um doubled up on the the one uh, herbal product, which is, it's all natural. It's um, turmeric, um, green tea extract, uh, uh, bacaba, ashwagandha, and milk thistle. Um, So it's all natural. It's an NRF2 product um, that actually puts extra NRF2 protein into our body. So it opens that pathway up um, and, uh, and it literally helps every cell in our body to um, get rid of oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is what uh, free radicals cause. So basically what you're doing is getting rid of free radicals. And normally an antioxidant, which is what this is, um, you would have a one-to-one ratio ratio on on getting rid of oxidative stress. This product works at a million to one parts per, per second. Wow. So you're really kickstarting your immune system. So it doesn't do anything to help an ailment. It really just actually helps your body to help itself. To function. Totally. A little bit better. Totally. A lot better in your case. Uh, totally. Totally. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, it, it would probably depend on who's taking it and the effects. And everybody's an individual, I guess, That's is what I'm getting correct. at, right? And everybody has different levels of oxidative stress. We all react differently to, to different products. And some people, they'll, they will experience um, uh, some side effects from detox because you're detoxing your body. Right. And whatnot. Usually lasts a couple of weeks. And then your body, and that tells you that you're, it's working because your body is healing. So you what, know? what would be some of the symptoms if you were detoxing? What would you feel like? Do you feel like tired or do you feel You could feel tired, hungry? but <laughs> sometimes you'll get diarrhea. Sometimes you'll just feel unwell for, you know, a few days or whatnot because your body's going through this massive change and whatnot. With me, I was fortunate. I didn't have that, but I was also... 
um, withdrawing from uh, steroid. So I was having the side effects of that. So I could have been maybe going through a bit of a t- detox too, but just never realized because right. I knew I was, de- I was getting the steroids out of my system. So anyway, so I started on the 4th. On the 8th of April, I was walking not so well with a walker. Um, and I came home. I'd been out shopping for my grandchildren for Easter. And I got home and it was like someone flipped the switch. And all of a sudden, I had strength back in my legs. I had my balance back. And I kicked the walker to the curb. Wow. And I haven't looked back. I mean, and I, I mean, I couldn't even hardly lift. I could, uh, well, when it happened, I couldn't even hold myself up. Every, I had to have help to, to, to do that. Which, which is so hard because you've got the farm out there to run. You've got, you know, things. You're, you're sort of the front of house. You're the, f- you know, back yeah. of house as well, kind of thing, as yeah. we say in a restaurant. Yeah. But, you know, you're organizing and making the phone calls and doing all that and keeping everybody organized in the CAS boxes and running around and gathering all these things. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So last week we did our first uh, food box program. And I was lifting bushels of vegetables. I was lifting these food boxes that are 25, 30 pounds and with no problem. I was exhausted by the end of the day. Absolutely. (laughs) As anyone would be. Exactly. (laughs) But these products have really, really changed my life. And they're changing lots of other people's lives, millions of people's lives all over the world. This product is sold worldwide. Um, It is an MLN. So you have to contact someone that is a distributor. Contact you. Yeah, myself included. Yeah, I am a distributor now. Um, I totally believe in the product. And they have some other health benefit uh, products as well, like omegas and um, probiotics and stuff like that, that you can also get through the through the company. It's um, it's a great company. There's been over 200,000 um, medical studies done on these products, which and 27 peer review studies that on a herbal product is unheard of because it's an herbal product. If it was a if it was a prescription or a medical from a pharmaceutical, that's normal. But not from an herbal product. This is this there is, is a bit of a stigma there. There with is herbal products. Yeah. It's like oh yeah. god, here we go. Yeah. Another so one of these. Yeah, so but you know what? It's so much better to have a supplement than to be taking. You, you know, like a supplement yeah. should be supplementing, helping. Right. Exactly. exactly. Not yeah. not replacing. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people are finding that they're going on this. I mean, diabetics. There's many. There's you know probably tens of thousands, twenties of thousands. I don't know. Uh, diabetics out there that uh, they've started this pro uh, this program and they're taking it every day and they've been on it for maybe six months and they've kicked their insulin to the curb. Like they're no longer insulin dependent. It's which is pretty amazing, you know. Um, that's yeah. because it's getting rid of the inflammation in your body, and it's allowing your body to work the way it was intended to work. And that is also, you know, there's there's all these diets and things out there that you can try, but uh, you know, th- the keto diet for one is one of those sort of thing where mm-hmm. it gets rid of that inflammation. It gets, mm-hmm. you know, and how you're eating, and so taking something like this, eating at least healthy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and being careful and, and, and choosing some local foods that we know has kind of got that 100 mile radius thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Ontario and, uh, can only benefit benefit and you're uh, walking, talking. I sure am. And yeah. you know, I've got, I've got a story to tell. I'm happy to share it. And I actually, it's funny cause I did share it as a testimonial on one of our Facebook pages and I've had people from all over the world contacting me which is pretty remarkable. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I have this story to tell, 
but I'm also blessed because now I can go out and help others to have their stories to tell, and I can't wait to to help people do that. So, you know, if anybody's interested in finding out more, um, just contact me either via Facebook or my or come out to the farm or email me. Um, all of that is available, and I'm happy to share with you. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, Cindy, for that. And, uh, yeah, get, get a hold of Cindy if you're wanting a CSA basket or a food delivered or go and say hi to them out at the farm and take the kids and go and see all the little baby lambs yeah, and, and we've got a baby calves, maybe. Border Coley out there. Her name is Bella, and she's our official greeter. And she loves to play ball. So if you want to come out and just play with a puppy dog for <laughs> half an hour or so, she'd be so <laughs> loving like that. Fun. <laughs> uh, all right. Again, 4996 Fifth Line, Cindy Osland's Osland Farm Market. Um, Cindy, thank you so much. Um, connect with her on on Facebook. Um, she's there. What's, uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh, under Cindy Oslin or is it under, and then there's a separate one for oh, the Oslin? Okay. So uh, Cindy o- if you c- uh, connect with me, either Cindy Oslin or you go to Oslin Farm Market, uh, you can, either one of those, you, you will find me on there. Um, you'll find, there's two Cindy Oslins on there. So you find the one with the short hair and the glasses. <laughs> that's the one you want to go to. The other one's an older one. <laughs> so uh, that's more for the uh, market and for my business and uh, whatnot. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you'd find the other one and you message me on there too, I will see it and that okay. won't be a problem. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Cindy, wonderful story. Thank you uh, for coming in and taking the time. I know today's your big day. Oh, it is. Right? So box day today. M- make it out there, folks. Um, they're going to all be kicking around and uh, picking up their boxes and doing all that good stuff. And yeah. Yeah, exciting. All right. Uh, thanks again so much. Uh, skill testing question of the day. Maybe, yeah. Sorry, what? What road? What road? What road do we live on? And what are we going to give away? There we go. Good one. What road do do they live on? Uh, We will give away a lovely little gift basket with some honey and some preserves in it. Nice. Nice. honey. Locally made. There you go. What kind of honey are you carrying? Uh, Dancing bee. Dancing bee. Dancing around. Yeah. Yeah. Which is who bought the building, by the way. Oh, okay. So he'll be moving in there. He's renovating right now. Well, there's somebody I'm going to have to have on the show. Thank you you for that inside (laughs) scoop. You heard it here, right here on Chef's Corner, everybody. All right. Thanks, Cindy. Uh, Folks, uh, we got a a little quick song here, and then we're going to come back with more Chef's Corner. The number to call in is 905-372-2321. Lane is waiting on the phone lines. What is the name of the road that Ausland Farm Market is on? And you're going to win yourself some uh, lovely preserves and honey. All right, stay tuned, folks, for more Chef's Corner on the backside.
Everybody, five Gotta days and we're Blue in Rodeo, May. Eh? What a in great, May. great little tune. Yeah, it is. Um, so uh, we've uh, chatted with Cindy Oslin from Oslin Farm Market. Uh, skill tasting question of the day. What is the road that she is on? If you can name that, you're going to get a lovely basket. You can give Lane a call here at 905-372-2323. 
two one. And uh, also earlier in the show, we had uh, Martin and Eric from True Saffron out in Workworth. And uh, the skill tasting question of the day there to win yourself some mustard was how many products are they making? At least list three of them. And there was quite a list of them. And uh, if you're just tuning in, um, maybe you can Google it. I don't know. Lane's waiting on the phone lines. 372-2321. Welcome back, Chef Ron. Howdy. I'm Chef Michelle. Of course, everyone knows. And um, I'm last just sneaking weekend, through. I, I was going to yes, say, oh, you got... My mom gave me this. She had this cookbook. It's the Polish Touch cookbook. And then um, last weekend when I was up in Wilno, Ontario, um, my dad was Polish. So um, uh, they... Wilno, Ontario was the first Polish settlement in all of Canada. And so every day, every year in May, they have this big uh, Polish Day celebration, right? So everybody gets together and they all come out of the woodwork for the winter and uh, eat some really great food. And I bought this really awesome cookbook um, from St. Mary's Catholic Church in Wilno, Ontario. It's the parish cookbook. Who doesn't like a good parish cookbook, you know, or church cookbook? Sure. There's um, always some uh, interesting traditional things you can find. Yeah, in, yeah, because everybody from the community is generally putting things. But anyways, in the back of this particular book I was thrilled with, um, had uh, um, all the a, a whole section of recipes in Polish, which, of course, I can't read Polish, and I speak very little. <laughs> I wish I had learned. Thank, thank God the other side. Yeah, but the other side has the <laughs> translation, which is great. Um, and uh, there's so many traditional foods when it comes to Pol- Polish food and, you know, that that whole, you know, European thing. I mean, we've all got our favorites. But there was a really nice one in here for herring salad. And I thought, we're coming into summer now. Uh, you know, maybe you don't like herring. I would substitute, if you don't like herring, some smoked Linwood trout. Sure, because it's local. Yeah. You could use whitefish or you could use perch. Exactly. So it says eight herring fillets, fil- fillets, <laughs> fillets, fillets in oil. Or finely an American chopped. or something? Fillets. <laughs> and fillets going. Um, um, an onion, finely chopped. A cup of sweet pi- pickles. You know, the yum yum pickles? Mm-hmm. Chopped up, really fine. A couple of apples, finely chopped. A cup of sour cream, fresh parsley, parsley fi- finely chopped. Salt and pepper and some dill. So you just mix it all together, and there you go. You've got this great little garnish, you know, this little side fish thing that you can put on your plate with. Yeah. You know, if you're eating healthy or on top of a salad. Yeah. I thought that would be nice on top Mm -hmm. of a salad with some dill and some other things. So, so yeah, so there you go, a little bit. Yeah, I was looking through this, the, the Polish Touch. And uh, and and the the first page. I mean, this is a thick book, folks. This is not like a, a skinny little. And the first one I open up is pierogi, like <laughs> the very first one. And I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I gotta tell you, if you have a really good pierogi, I mean, really really good pierogi. There's a place in Oshawa, you know, the Lviv mm-hmm. um, center. Mm-hmm. There, I remember that was the first time I had an actual pierogi made by an actual Polish person or Ukrainian person. <laughs> you haven't and tried like, my pierogies. Oh, that's what they're supposed to taste like. These yeah. are delicious. Unfortunately for me, however, I can't eat like two or three of them. I have to eat like 22. Now, do you like them just boiled and straight up? Yes, ma'am. With um, sour cream and onions. Frying them now? No, thank you. Or pan fried. Yeah, well, if you're going to pan fry them, that's fine too. Well, you got to boil them first anyway. Yeah, cool them down. And then then give them a little pan fry and some butter. I I like that personally. Me too. Um, uh, A little golden brown on them. You know, it's all about the dough being made properly, right? And And whatever the filling is. Like I'm just looking through some of these, like the cabbage filling, not sauerkraut, but like actual cabbage, for, you know, cabbage, onions, some mushrooms, a little sour cream, teaspoon of butter, that kind of thing. And this mince it up inside. Oh, just 
And actually, cabbage rolls, uh, I got a recipe from a fellow in Toronto many years ago who uh, said they didn't use rice back in the day. Okay. Back in Poland. Right. Because there was was no no rice. rice. Yeah, because rice is an Easter. So they, as a substitute for stuffing the cabbage rolls, they used barley. Oh, no way. They they didn't always use like a tomato juice or a tomato soup. Some people use those different recipes out there. Right, right. They uh, actually would cook the cabbage rolls with the barley and whatever was inside, whatever they had, pork and, and, and ground whatever mixed. And they would actually cook it with like a pork roast like a f- on like top a, well they cook it in the pan and then the the fat from the, the pork, juice the and the fat would come out would, in sort yeah of, and then oh, they just man. toss so some canned like tomatoes around it and yeah so it was cooking in mm, like pork belly fat almost you know with it, the cabbage rolls oh man so they get a little crunch on top too i bet yeah right? yeah oh that's amazing so i'm yeah. looking at another one here kulabiak now there's something i haven't had <laughs> since school <laughs> so we're going back to like 1989 here when we made it in school but if if you're not familiar with that, that's a flaky salmon loaf. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a flaky salmon loaf. Whoa. Cool your heels there. <laughs> that sounds not so good. But it is. It's delicious. It's a very, very, very classic uh, Eastern European, uh, you know, Polish, Ukrainian, that, that type of thing. It's I'm going to have to start putting some of these up on... Uh you are, and um, there's yeah. a, like, I mean, I just, there's classic bechamel sauce is in here, the recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are just some some phenomenal recipes. Barley soup. Um, Google Polish recipes. I know. I was I was so happy to my mother to, to hand that cookbook over to me, and then for me to get this new one from the from Wilno. Um, and if you're up near Barry's Bay area, folks, pop into the Wilno Tavern. It's just a little north Barry's Bay. It's a nice drive up there. Park is near there, and and all that sort of stuff. But we are at the end of the show here, Ron. I know. We've got to say bye, and it went really fast. Susan Maisel, thank you. You have won, answered the skill-tasting question and uh, won that lovely basket of, of goodies from Auslan Farm Market. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in here to Chef's Corner this week. We will see you next week. And remember, a Chef's Corner. You always have a place set for you. Exactly. <laughs> Take care, Keep folks. Keep it local. Are you looking to sell that certain something? Maybe even trade it for something else? Or do you have a yard sale or garage sale going on you'd like to let people know about? If so, call Tradio at 905-372-2321. Returning to Northumberland 89.7 every Friday afternoon at quarter after one with me, Jordan Appleman. All you have to do is call our station during the show, and we'll let everyone know what you have to promote. You can also join our Facebook group, Northumberland 897FM, Radio Buy and Sell. That's Tradio, returning on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Hello, this is Tammy Robinson, CEO of the Coburg Public Library, where we're committed to being an excellent resource for you. During the month of May, we have a play and win program on the second floor of the Coburg branch where teens can come in and do a quick activity and earn themselves a prize. Join us for face painting on McHappy Day on Wednesday, May 8th at the Coburg McDonald's located on Williams Street from 3.30 to 4.30. Also on May 8th, we'll be holding our last adult games night of the season from 5.30 to 7.30 in our Rotary Room where you can bring your own game or play ours. On Saturday, May 11th from 2 to 3.30, come listen to famous Egyptologist Gail Gibson from the Royal Ontario Museum, who will delight us with tales of ancient Egypt, ancient wine, and museum secrets. This program is free and no registration is required. If you'd like to keep up to date about upcoming programs, new releases, events, and opportunities, you can phone us at 905-372-9271 or head to our website, coburg.library.on.ca and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Serving Northumberland County as a not-for-profit, volunteer-run community radio station, this is CFWN-FM, Northumberland 89.7. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we bring you Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty, your local real estate forum, where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. It is 2019, and this is the year that you're going to move. You've made that decision, and whether you're thinking of listing this spring, summer, or fall, the question of the day will be, what should you be doing today to ready your home for your best return on investment? And to talk about this in a short while, we'll have Catherine Gissing from Sage Relocation Services in the studio, and she will help us to understand how to get that best return on your investment if you're selling this year. Let's begin today's show with Snapshot. Snapshot for May the 9th, 2019, and it's a look at the residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. And yes, it is May, and you've likely been putting on that warm coat more often recently than you thought you would. But uh, spring is trying to burst out, as as is the real estate spring market. Uh, Both the weather and the market will give promising warm days and then cool days. So... There have been 132 single-family residential sales over this past month, and that's actually down 19 sales from our last report, leaving us with a rising inventory of 446 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year has risen to approximately $426,000. And during the past year, people have received on average, just under 99% of their listing price in a market time of 46 days. Northumberland County, you are still in a seller's market with an absorption rate at 30% based on the past month's sales trend. But we're actually moving towards a balanced market, meaning we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 3.4 months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from the Realtors uh, system which is called CoreLogic's Matrix. And if you are thinking you'll go ahead online and take a look at it, see what Matrix has to say, you won't be successful. Um, to find this information, you'll have to talk to your local Realtor 
and ask them. You'll want to have this kind of information that's more specific to the area you're looking at, the property type you're looking at, and the price band it's in. Today's mortgage rates. Mortgage rates have come, have stayed steady actually. Five-year fixed is as low as 2.99% and a five-year variable as low as 2.85%. And as always, conditions do apply. Today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance. I'm sure if you're a listener to our show or if you are just in tune with what's happening around town, you already have this date in your calendar. The date is Saturday, June 8th, and it is the date for the Architectural Conservancy of Ontario, Coburg East, Northumberland, their house tour. They're going to have eight exceptional properties here in Brighton, Colburn and Grafton. And the tour will happen from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. And the homes range in age from the 1840s to the 2000s. And all of them have unique architectural features and interior designs. Tickets, $30. And you can purchase them from Lighthouse Books in Brighton, Downey Pharmacy in Colburn, and 1812 Antiques in Grafton. And that is a current snapshot of the residential real estate market and events in Northumberland County. I'd just like to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed on Reality Realty or any of the articles do not represent the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors or any other real estate brokerage. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. As I mentioned earlier, with us this morning is someone very familiar with move management, with interior design, with staging, with so many things real estate, and with buyers and sellers and how buyers look at homes. We have the owner of Sage Relocation Services, Catherine Gissing. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Dale. So it, it's been a little while since you've been on the show, hasn't it? A little while. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I felt like at one time I was abusing your kindness and having you in so often. So I, I thought I'd give you a little bit, bit of a break. Well, I, I appreciate the break, but you know I'm always happy to come in. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, like taking on topics with you for sure. So Catherine, today <clears throat> we're looking at... Um, getting a home ready for the spring market, getting your mind ready for the spring market. And and I think it's really important because there's a lot on the line. Uh, you're, you're going to move. You're going to sell your home. There's many, many dollars on the line, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah, and, and we both, just before the show, were talking about how some people do this to uh, a better extent than others. We were, and we were comparing professional notes. No client's names shall be shared in no, this conversation. Never. But we were just talking about our collective experiences from different sides of the spectrum. So Dale obviously looks at things from the realtor's point of view. I look at it from a client management point of view when we are helping someone prepare to move or downsize their belongings. And we were just 
saying to one another that in an ideal world, a client would take our advice 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And clients are allowed to have their own opinion. <clears throat> They're allowed to maintain their own point of view. And sometimes they follow their own lead, their own suggestion, as opposed to perhaps recommendations we might have. And, and so Dale and I were talking about the fact that occasionally it's frustrating to us because we give recommendations based upon our professional experience, which is garnered from looking what happens in the industry. So a classic example is we are often uh, giving clients recommendations about how to prepare their home for market. And sometimes they take that advice and sometimes they don't. And, and often when they don't, what happens is the home may languish for longer in the market than it needs to, or it may attract less buyers that fit the target market for that for that product or it may attract lowball offers as opposed to high higher dollar offers and so we were just talking about the fact that sometimes for us it's a little difficult because we give our recommendations based upon our professional experience and and, and we are disappointed when we see the home not garner as much as perhaps it should or languish longer than it should. And so this conversation today is really given from a well-intentioned point of view. The, mm -hmm. the, position, the conversation today is really to encourage people to listen to their realtors, to listen to other professionals in the industry, because we are giving this advice based upon years of experience and multiple experiences with other clients that might be sharing a similar kind of situation that you have right now. Mm -hmm. Well, especially with you and, and the work you do in uh, readying a home, staging a home, uh, you're, you're seeing the home when you get there and then you're seeing the home when you leave and 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 how much value uh, that home just rose and and quite often it it's really it's really not that much work I mean it is a lot of work and I'm not I'm not uh, making light of the work you do but when when you think in um, relationship to the return that you get on a big sale like that it, it's so totally worth it and and I see when I'm working with buyers, I see the reaction to buyers when we go through a home that hasn't had those extra efforts in staging and preparing. And, and I see what an offer looks like when somebody feels like they just have to have that home versus if that home will work for them. And so if you can, if you can speak to their sensibilities and their ledger only, you're going to get a certain offer. If you can speak to their heart, I mean, it's going to look different. Well, absolutely. And I, I think it's a, it's a truism in the real estate industry that, that buyers buy first with their heart and then they mm -hmm. rationalize the decision they've already made with the logical side of their brain. And it makes sense when you think of it. A, a home is a, an emotional place. It's where you bring your family. It's where you raise your children. It's where you invest your time. And so when buyers are walking through properties, they are trying their hardest to identify with that property. They're trying to imagine the themselves living there. They're trying to imagine what their life is going to look like going forward in that home. And so what we do and what realtors do is they try to give sellers 
advice about how to prepare their home so that the potential buyer can really imagine themselves living there. And, and that's a good place to start our conversation because uh, Dale and I have often talked about the fact that when potential buyers come through a property, they are often seeing a lot of evidence about the person that lives there now, as opposed to the buyer that might live there. Mm -hmm. And so if you imagine, I'm just going to take you through sort of a visual scenario here. A, a visual scenario often looks a bit like this, where you have a seller that has decided that they're going to sell the property or they're ready to sell the property and they really don't want any outside advice. They really think that they have a pretty good understanding of what the real estate market wants. They love their home. They've invested a lot of time and energy in designing a lovely environment. And so they choose to put on the market as is. So what happens when a buyer walks in is they see evidence of the, of the person that lives in that house. They see the things they love. They see the kind of aesthetics that they value. They see the things that they've gathered and lovingly put on display. They see the person, they don't see the home. And the challenge when you're putting a home on the market is the home automatically has a split personality. It becomes a sort of a two-dimensional product because it is a home that the owner still lives in while it's on the, on the market, but it's now also a product. And a product needs a different veneer or a different impression mm -hmm. than a home does. A home is a place where you hang your where maybe you hang or maybe you don't hang your towels. You have your toys there for the kids. Maybe you put them away, maybe you don't. Maybe you have your collection of teapots and Royal Dalton. And that's that's where you're, you hang your hat and that's where you feel comfortable. And that's the environment that makes you feel like you've come home. So that's half of the personality of that product now. But the other half of the personality is the more important one, which is now you've decided you're going to sell it. So that home is now a product as well and it needs to look like something that's going to appeal to a buyer that's trying to imagine them living there without the Royal Dalton, without the toys, without the burgundy towels with gold trim. And if you have all those things on display that you love, you're actually creating visual clutter and you're creating a strong impression of who you are and not what the house is. Mm -hmm. and, and when people come through I mean, there's a story they're developing, too, whether it's intentional or not intentional. And if they see a home that maybe just hasn't been kept up to date decoration-wise, uh, and, and to them, it might seem neglected. Uh, to them, it, it hasn't just kept up with the times. And then people will start to read into what else wasn't kept up with the times. What are the things that I can't see? Mm -hmm. that just weren't and and there may be no real good basis for it because maybe all the things like furnace and and eve troughs and all that stuff has been maintained well but you're you're creating a story if you show that it, it hasn't been kept up to date or maintained in some surface ways people start to then read into this further and now they're going to be much more cautious um, whether or not to put in an offer, whether or not to continue to be interested in that. One, one of the things I'd like to also talk about, Catherine, just mention, is that here we are, May 9th, we're talking about spring market, and somebody might be thinking, you know what, uh, I, this is good, but I, I can worry about this later because I'm not going to actually uh, list my home until the fall. Or, or maybe I'm not, we're, we're, we are going to, we have a move in our future, but it's, 
is two years away. What I'd like to say is homes gain a sort of a community feel. If we're in a small town, we're in small towns and villages and hamlets here in Northumberland County, and as we do our business and drive by or walk by, uh, we're used to seeing certain homes that maybe aren't, for curb appeal's sake, kept up. Maybe they haven't been landscaped to, you know, all that much. People aren't just interested. That's not their thing. Maybe they've actually been let go. Maybe maintenance has been let go. And, and if you come in and uh, try and correct things, you know, with uh, a week or two ahead, a lot of people still understand your home to be the home that dot, dot, dot. The other thing is, if you're going to sell your home in 2019, I, it's likely too late for this, but a lot of people will look on a Google search and take a Google street view. And so maybe you've done two weeks of really sprucing the place up, but they're, you know, they're curious and the internet is used so much. And then they go on the street view and they go, what? What? That's not the home I saw on the listing. Oh my goodness. Now all these questions about how did it actually really get taken care of? And and am I just am I just purchasing some superficial cleanup job? And uh so it doesn't hurt to start today, no matter when you're going to list. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. There's a couple of really interesting points there, Dale. Um, and one of them that I'm going to pick up on is um, is the timing of preparation. So if you're thinking of selling later in the year or maybe even next year, it is never too early to start, partly because the Google Street View, I hadn't even thought of that. I think that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. but, but also I think that you don't want to put yourself under undue stress. Time and time and time again, our company is called in because somebody has decided spontaneously to move or the decision has been, been made for them for a variety of reasons. It might be a corporate move. It might be somebody going to a retirement community. There's a million reasons why sometimes it's a spontaneous move. And we get called in because the owner's under stress because all of a sudden they have to react really quickly and get the home prepared for market. And that doesn't give them the benefit of time to do the work that needs to be done, but also to understand the nature of the competitive market. Because the other point you made that I thought was brilliant was you live in a community and people are looking at the community as a reflection of where does your house um, how does your house perform within that community? So if you're in a street or a neighborhood, what is the general consensus about your house in terms of the first impressions? Not just exterior, but interior. So again, from the outside, it needs to look like it's got at least comparable uh, curb appeal. Mm -hmm. But we often, are, because we are managing the interior of the homes on our projects, we often walk into, a, into the front door of a house and are, are stunned because the outside the inside does not reflect the outside no. and vice versa. They don't match. There's a mismatch. And so the exterior of their house, of course, needs to be the first point of contact and it needs to invite people to see the interior. But if it's properly groomed on the outside, it needs to reflect that on the inside as well and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. And I've, I've seen it both ways. I've seen where the outside has uh, a really decent curb appeal and then you walk in and you go, uh-oh. Uh-oh, we need a little love in here. <laughs> or or you come into um, what I would consider a sleeper home. And, and from the curb appeal, uh, it, it's very plain. 
There's nothing exciting about it. And then you cut, you walk in that door and, and it belongs in a magazine. So, you know, it's just whatever people are passionate about and or maybe have time for or finances for that. I mean, so many things come into play. Um, one of the one of the next things, though, I think we need to talk about is is in getting ready for this uh, spring market is wrapping your head around the spring market, uh, the actual spring market in real estate and and uh, wh- what kind of market are we having? So, Catherine, we're, we're at break time right now. And so, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, local real estate talk. And right after this break, Catherine and I, we're going to get into what does this spring market look like? What can you possibly expect? Um, for the coming weeks and maybe even months this year. So we will be right back. They say 60% of all the world's statistics are made up right there on the spot. 82.4% of people believe them whether they're even accurate statistics or not. Hello everyone, I'm Rich Quotemine for Northumberland 89.7 Truly Local Radio. I've got a new podcast that covers random statistics, obscure laws, and how something you don't realize can actually impact you or your neighbors. I hope you'll tune in every Tuesday at 7.40 in the morning, and after that it'll air on Thursdays at 1.05 in the afternoon and Saturdays at noon. If you've got an idea for the podcast, send the station an email, and I'll be sure to discuss it on Acts of Stats. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. The revised musical is presented by Created to Create's Musical Theater Group, a program of the Northumberland Youth Unlimited and is licensed through Hams Whitmark and the MT Pit. This musical is based on the classic Schultz comic strip and is a compilation of skits and monologues around a day in the life of Charlie Brown. Grades 7 through 11 execute the production. Come see what it means to be a good man. All shows at Coburg Fellowship Baptist Church on Friday, May 10th at 7 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 11 and 3. Admission is free. Donations will be appreciated. For more information, visit nyfc.org. This ad made possible by our friends at Tug's Furniture Gallery, downtown Coburg. Do you want to experience Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and Phuket? Visit temples, try delicacies, shop, and discover all that is made in Thailand? The Port Open District Chamber of Commerce has partnered with Vision Travel to offer an affordable and adventurous trip to Thailand. Make memories while not worrying about transportation, accommodations, or entertainment as you join this group in October. For more information, visit porthopechamber.com or call us at 905-885-5519. Welcome back. You are listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM. Truly local radio. And this morning, Catherine Gissing from Sage Relocation Services and I, we are looking at how to prepare for the spring market. Uh, we talked a little bit about why you would want to repair, uh, pre- repair, prepare for the spring market and, uh, and how far in advance uh, you should be thinking about this. And, and we determined that uh, a week or two I mean, is good doing some preparation, but really and truly there are reasons you want to start months, if not years ahead. Um, and, and Catherine, we just finished off with um, saying we should get into what the actual real estate spring market looks like here mm-hmm. in, in our community. So I pulled the stats. We do the snapshot stats every morning on Reality Realty. And I thought, well... 
I'm just going to take a look and see what May 2019 looks like versus May 2018 with real estate stats. So uh, we'll, we'll take a quick look and see if there's anything different happening this year. Now, I, I could have went back to 2017 and we would have had some numbers that are just off the ch charts. That was a ridiculously unusual year. So I'm not even going to pull from that because then it, it would make this market look so sleepy. Uh, but I'm just going to go from last year. And Dale, I'm just going to suggest that although we don't have the stats for 2017, I don't think it's important to have the particular stats. Um, but the point that I want to make is that we often deal with clients who remember 2017 mm -hmm. and don't follow the real estate market, certainly as closely as you do or I do. And so they have a bit of an expectation that is not uh, reflective of the market today because the market in 2017 was red hot for, for for a variety of reasons which don't come into play today. And um, so what I would suggest after we talk about the stats is that we always advise our clients to talk to their realtors to ask them particularly what is the market today, what are the influencers today, and help them to understand the context of what's happening today relative to last year and the year before because both all three years were distinctly different. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've sort of, the, the pendulum was taken way to one side and, and now as it swings back, I, you know, maybe it's trying to find the balance, uh, you know, sweet spot. But if we take a look at last year, May 9, there was an inventory of 387 residential listings in our community at that time. Well, same day this year, we have 446. So there's more homes to choose from. And when we say more homes to choose from, folks, if you're going to list today, you're competing with more homes. So readying your home becomes more important than it was last year at this time, uh, although it was very important last year as well. Uh, if we take a look at how many homes sold over the past 12 months, which will include our, you know, the last uh, couple months of our spring market. At, um, at this point last year, there was 1,394. At this year, today, we had 1,355. So we, we actually had 40 less homes sell in the past 12 months, which, which captures the, uh, you know, the spring of this year, the spring so far. Days on market is taking, is taking up to 46 days on average to sell a home uh, this year. And last year we were reporting 40. So it's taking a little longer. So another reason you're competing against more homes and it's taking a little longer. So, you know, when you finally put that sign on the lawn, you typically want an answer sooner than later. The whole process of readying your home, leaving your home for viewings, wondering what's going to happen. Did they like it? When are you going to get feedback? Are you going to get feedback? You, you would like that process to end sooner than later. Um, percentage of, um, of price that homes sell for versus what they were listed at is down slightly uh, f this year than last, not by much. But the, the neater thing is the absorption rate. So we use, Catherine, an absorption rate to figure out if we're in a buyer's market, 
balanced market or seller's market. And we've just been perpetually for years in a seller's market here in Northumberland County. But last year at this time, it was a 30% absorption rate. We're actually down on today's snapshot to a 25. There's a 5% change, same day, one year later. And that might not seem much, but if, if you understand a balanced market is traditionally thought of as anywhere between 15 and 20%, the entire balanced market is only a 5% market. So to come down 5% and only be 5% away now from being balanced is, and so when we, when we get out of being in a seller's market and we come towards balance, then, then you, the seller, you don't hold all the cards anymore. It becomes an even, an even playing field. So interesting, the stats. Yeah, very interesting. And so what I would encourage listeners to consider and what we, can, what we advise our clients to consider is to take the time to speak to their realtor about these stats and to really adjust their expectations. Because sometimes what happens is people get stuck in their past knowledge about a market and what's influencing it as opposed to really understanding contemporary conditions. And so all those stats are really interesting, Dale, because what it really tells me is that, that there is more competition in the industry for homes, mm-hmm. which means that more preparation is required because you're competing against more product. Houses not, are no different than any other product. The more there is, the more competition there is. And so the onus is upon both the seller and the realtor to figure out how to get that home market ready. And so I want to talk a little bit about what the seller can do in order to help themselves understand what they're up against and prepare themselves for it. And I'm going to suggest that the onus is on the seller to do a little bit of homework. Mm -hmm. And the homework means they need to have an open mind and maybe a little bit of time to investigate what's happening in their community, what's happening (coughs) excuse me, what's happening in uh, uh, with products that they might be competing against. And that means they should get actively involved in looking at listings that might be comparable to theirs on MLS. You know, look at the pictures, see how the home presents itself, see what kind of media the realtor has used to represent their home. Are they using video? Are they using photographs? What quality of photographs are they using? Has the home been decluttered? Has it been staged? They need to understand what they're up against in a pictorial world because Mm -hmm. the reality is that, uh, and Dale, you'll know these stats better than me, but about 90% of buyers are looking at the images first before they even decide whether or not they want to invest their time and their energy to go and look at the home. So those pictures, the, the, the digital representation of your home needs to be really well done and the benchmark for how proficient that is, how beautiful that is, how well done that is, is rising all the time. And and I know, Dale, that you use drones and you use videos and you use a professional photographer and you use staging when required. Mm -hmm. And and those are things that um, a seller needs to look at with a clear eye to understand what the competition is just online. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, and, and, and when you do all that, when you prep a home like that, and, and just not staging when we required, staging always. And, uh, you know, always meaning as, as long as the seller 
is in, in agreement with that. And, and once in a while they're not, but most always they are. Uh, th- yeah, we're, we're definitely getting best return on investment, and, and it's, it's just so well worth uh, mm-hmm. d- doing it that way. So why don't we just look at, um, start looking at the outside. Here we are, Catherine, we're in the spring market, and, and, and I'm going to say the outside, one of the most important places because it's uh, the curb appeal is the first thing you see. And as you're driving away and looking over your shoulder, it's the last thing you see. Uh, what would you suggest for the exterior of a home? Well, I think that there's a, a basic benchmark that it needs to be clean and safe and well-groomed. And that's a basic benchmark. Mm-hmm. And so safe meaning, what is the access to the building? If you have stairs, are the stairs in good repair? Are they clear of debris? Now you may have people coming up those stairs who are not able to easily navigate those stairs. So at the very least, very, very least, it needs to be safe and clean. It means taking a look at your landscaping. Is it well trimmed? Are the bushes cut back? Are they trimmed around the windows in order to allow in as much light as possible? Um, is you know is the driveway clear of debris? Is the garage clear of debris? A lot of it has to do with just basic common sense, and it may require a, sig- a significant investment of energy, depending upon the state of your of your landscaping and how large the uh, the property is. But it's a baseline expectation. Yeah, and and that kind of is basically a lot of what you're saying. As I'm listening to you uh, talk about different items, a lot of this is just labor it's just your own labor or if you don't have the time to find a a good handy person who can uh, who can do odd jobs and help you with that and and there usually you can get somebody fairly reasonable for that I mean you're for that little bit of labor you're building on your equity at a far greater rate than what what it's actually costing you Absolutely, absolutely. And then so that's the baseline. Then the next level would be, what are some of the functional attributes of the house that you can see from the outside? And those are things like, what condition is the roof in? What condition is the chimney in if you have a chimney? And I say that because I live in a historic home. We just had our chimney done and it was a pretty big investment. Yeah. But without it being done, the first thing that a buyer is going to look at when they look up is that it's in disrepair and they're auto- automatically going to make a decision about their expectations about the house and their expectation about how much they'd be willing to invest in it because they're going to start subtracting what they have to contribute to the house in order to bring it up to functional standard. Yeah, and the interesting thing, when you talk about subtracting, um, the, us realtors, we will we'll see a home and we'll do a market analysis on that home. And if we see things like that, that the, uh, that the brickwork in the chimney uh, needs some repair and, and different items, we'll, we'll start to take that into account at what we believe the uh, market value is for that home and what we can anticipate it will sell for. But so often... You price it correctly, and the buyer comes along, and and then they want to do the adjustments after you've done the adjustments. So they're looking at double adjustments because then then they're going to say, well, the offer is only this much because of this and this and this, and then and then the the selling realtor will will be able to say, well, those adjustments were already taken into an account, but now we have negotiations. And now we have who can actually, 
who can actually defend, you know, and, and have supporting documents to show because nobody wants to overpay. People want a deal, but if they can be shown that they're actually paying fair market value, it can it can quite often change the whole atmosphere of the negotiations. So yeah, and, and, and something like a chimney way up there, not only does it is it work to be done, but sometimes a project like that is just looking plain dangerous. Well, but yeah, it, it, it is, and it was for the people that did it. And, and a shout-out to the ones, uh, <laughs> shout-out to the good work that our Mason did because it was, not an, uh, it was not an easy job. But the other the other thing I wanted to add to the exterior conversation, Dale, is that there is, an, there is room here for some aesthetic appeal over and above the basic cleanliness mm-hmm. and functionality of the home. And so the aesthetics would be, what does the front door look like? It's the first thing that you lay your hands on is that handle on the front door and you open it and you want it to be inviting. You want it, maybe you want it to have a fresh coat of paint or stain. You want to look like it's loved and it's cared for because it's your first visual contact with the house. And and, uh, we do a bit of work with a realtor who swears that yellow doors Mm -hmm. are the ticket. I'm not advocating that, but what I am advocating is that visibility is a wonderful thing. And so when you're driving through a neighborhood, you want your product to stand out in a good way, and maybe a spot of color helps it stand out. Yeah, and and that's an interesting thing that that realtor, uh, you know, they've recognized that this is is the entranceway, this is what what is seen, uh, you know, your door, that's where people come and go, it's the welcoming point. Uh, whether yellow is uh, the color or not, uh, what I'd, I'd recommend people to do is we're not all gifted to know what the best colors are. We we recognize them as a buyer. Oh, we know when it's done right or wrong, but we might not know how to get there. I, I'd recommend if you're, you're either working with someone like yourself who has a, a, an excellent sense of design and color, or if you're working on your own, Take a picture of the front of your home and bring it into the paint store and have them help you. Um, have them help you save save you from yourself <laughs> and your own decisions. Because it, it's just a shame you paint it all on there and you stand back and it's like, ugh. Well, that's a good point because if you were to go into your, into your favorite paint store, whatever that might be, and there are some excellent ones in the county, they are on top of color trends Mm -hmm. and color goes through trends and fashion cycles just like everything else and one of the things that you want to convey to a buyer is that your home is well cared for and it has some content has some contemporary flavor to it even if it's a historic home it needs to be well cared for and uh, it needs to have um, some indication that it would appeal to a broader sector of the market than just someone that might be maybe 70 years or older. We have a lot of elderly people in, in our mm-hmm. county, and they add a lot of value to the county. We do a lot of work with them mm-hmm. as move managers. And I will say one of the biggest challenges we have with homes, with elderly people, is that the colors and the furnishings and the aesthetics that they embrace, that they love, that they love, were formed by influences that they uh, embraced when they were younger. And so older wallpaper, older colors, certainly older pieces of furniture, once you get inside the front door and you're inside, 
And those are wonderful things, and I don't disparage those. But I will say that the buyer for their home is probably not 70 plus. The buyer for their home is probably a younger person, a younger couple, maybe a family. They want to connect with something that they identify with. So younger colors, maybe newer furnishings, maybe artwork that reflects something that is somewhat more contemporary. And so that's where it's my job and sometimes the realtor's job to help their client understand that they have to move outside of their comfort zone in their home and appreciate that it's now a product on the market Mm -hmm. and that the visual cues inside their home need to be modified and sometimes made a little more contemporary in order to appeal to a wider a wider variety of buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's who's the next buyer because it's not you, likely, because you're moving from it. There's a reason, and, and it could be of various reasons, but quite often, especially when you get someone downsizing or, or, or someone in... Uh, somebody that's mature and and maybe they're retired and and they just are looking for a different lifestyle it's not it's not you who's buying your home it's it's who you were so many years ago and and the way they think and so Catherine we are at our last break and folks after this break Catherine and I I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit Catherine about maybe some some specific aspects of the outdoors that are, are just key points to uh, pay attention to. And then, and then also some maybe specific points on the inside. So folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM. Uh, join us after this break, and we are going to get into some specifics on how to ready your home for this spring market. Celebrating our fifth year of service to Northumberland County. We're Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Hello, I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And I'm also the host of Reality Realty right here on Northumberland 89.7 FM, bringing you the information that keeps you in the loop of today's real estate market right here in Northumberland County. Join me at 11 a.m. this Thursday morning for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, Truly Local Radio. Hello, this is Tammy Robinson, CEO of the Coburg Public Library, where we're committed to being an excellent resource for you. During the month of May, we have a play and win program on the second floor of the Coburg branch where teens can come in and do a quick activity and earn themselves a prize. Join us for face painting on McHappy Day on Wednesday, May 8th at the Coburg McDonald's located on Williams Street from 3.30 to 4.30. Also on May 8th, we'll be holding our last adult games night of the season from 5.30 to 7.30 in our rotary room where you can bring your own game or play ours. On Saturday, May 11th from 2 to 3.30, come listen to famous Egyptologist Gail Gibson from the Royal Ontario Museum, who will delight us with tales of ancient Egypt, ancient wine, and museum secrets. This program is free and no registration is required. If you'd like to keep up to date about upcoming programs, new releases, events, and opportunities, you can phone us at 905-372-9271 or head to our website, coburg.library.on.ca and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Welcome back. This is your favorite local real estate forum. We have Catherine Gissing. Catherine is the owner of Sage Relocation Services, and she is with us here. And we are 
looking at preparing your house, preparing your mind for the 2019 spring market. And and we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show, Catherine, how it is. Yeah, we're talking about spring market. So if you're thinking of listing in a few days or weeks, this is this is really important. But also, we also mentioned if you're thinking of uh, listing in this later in the summer or in the fall or next year or in two years, how things you do today can really help with what uh, with what kind of results you get be it um, 6, 12, 24 months from now. Catherine, I just wanted to talk a little bit also about some specifics uh, with the external readying of your home. I mean, we've just had winter, and we had a pile of ice. We had a pile of snow. Um, You know, it can sort of dirty up the exterior home. Uh, The early spring isn't always the prettiest, Uh, season to sell a home in Um, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about your outdoor living space what are your thoughts on how we can and the importance of um, looking at the outdoor living space of a home well I think that first of all when you think about the outdoor living space be it a patio be it a deck be it a balcony you need to understand that it's more than just an adjunct to the home. It's actually, it can be considered to be an extension of the perceived area of the home. It may not be included in the square footage on the stat sheet, but when you have a buyer come through a home and they see a beautifully laid out, colorful and inviting exterior space that looks like an extension of a house, their perception of the house has now been transformed. They're now not thinking about just the interior space. They're thinking about the afternoons that they're going to spend on the patio or the balcony or the deck. And so I think as a a seller, you need to understand that the exterior spaces need as much attention in terms of maintenance and color and decorative attention to detail as the interior does because it needs to be consistent with the, the benchmark that you've set inside the house. Mm-hmm. And, and most of us, a lot of us have a patio or a deck. So just having that isn't really going to uh, excite a whole lot of people. But I'm thinking if you look at that deck or patio and you need to straighten out some patio stones or you need to replace a couple boards, um, stain a deck. Uh, that's a, a key thing. And, and the other thing I think about too is uh, making it special, but you also don't want to invest in the home in ways that you're not going to get a return. So I think if, if you have it in your budget to get yourself a really nice patio set, that you can take with you to your new home. It's still it's still staging that deck area in such a special way. People envision this quality, this uh, of life on in in that patio set, even though it's not going to stay. Uh, things like people like to do their barbecue out there. If you had a a nice work surface by the barbecue, maybe you have um, a little. A little framework out there that stays outside, a wooden framework that uh, like a Coleman cooler just naturally sits in. And and, and those sorts of things that uh, just paint this picture like 
man, if I was living here, we'd be out here all the time, whether you would be or not. Agreed. And and Dale, it brings to mind a project that you and I worked on in New Amherst. And the clients... Wilkins Gate. Yes. Yes. And the, the, the seller had this property that had, I'm going to call it a retreat. And it was really no more or less, well, I shouldn't say no more or less. It was a patio. But it was a patio that you wanted, the, the moment you saw it, you wanted to sit down and order a, a martini. Yeah. A- and not because they had gone over the top in terms of things that they had purchased, but because they created a sense of enclosure. So there was a sense of privacy. They had a lot of greenery and a lot of vines. And so it had texture and it had color. They had some decorative details, but not over the top. They had some comfortable seating. They had the barbecue. It was an extension of the home. And not a person that walked through the house that saw it did not have an emotional response to it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That, that That's like the perfect example of what we're talking about here. And in the privacy aspect you mentioned there, Catherine, if, if you're about to sell your home and you're looking there and maybe you're in a, a smaller subdivision or you have a lot of backyards looking into backyards and you just have a standard railing, it may very well be worth your investment dollar. Those side railings, you might want to change those side railings to a, like a privacy type fence. Create a fencing there because when people come out to that backyard, they want to... F- they, one, they want to spend the time in, in your inviting space, but they also want a little bit of privacy, even if your neighbor is not too far away. And, and you can create that for a fairly reasonable price. And um, I would highly recommend that because it, it could just, it could be the difference of making your home an option for somebody or not an option. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to the emotional connection that a buyer has with the home. You want them to walk through and feel that they could, they could see themselves living in that home and relaxing that home. It, it, it's a way to help them identify with the comfort that the home promises. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at something, Catherine, and and it's sort of like walking from outside to inside because it covers both. What are your thoughts on windows when I say windows? windows. Okay, so I have lots of thoughts on windows. First of all, let the window live up to its potential. Make sure it's clean at the very least to let the sun in. Make sure that any kind of landscaping around it is trimmed back to let the light in. Make sure that the drapery panels or the window coverings inside are pulled back for photography and for viewings again to let the light in light is something that you can never have enough of when it comes to a home you want to feel spacious and well lit and it's going to feel bigger if there's more light in even a small room yeah for sure and and if you have a home that doesn't have a whole lot of features to fill a uh, to fill a listing, so maybe maybe you don't have the granite countertop, and maybe you don't have the stainless steel appliances, or you know maybe you don't have the in-ground pool. If you have, uh, you know, if you're if you're fortunate enough to have a nice amount of windows, and you keep them uncluttered from, like you say, the landscaping from unnecessary window coverings inside, and you keep them clean. I mean, as a realtor, I w- I'd love to put it in your listing description uh, an abundance of natural lighting. Mm-hmm. And, Dale, we've, we've even been known to take 
window coverings off when we're preparing a home for the market. And that's uh, sometimes a challenge for, for sellers because they, they think, oh my gosh, you know, I need those, I need those window coverings because I need privacy inside the house. This is the bedroom. But I will tell you that that comes down to understanding, is it a home right in this moment or is it a product in that moment? Because if you're really intent on selling and you really want to see it as a competitive product on the market, you might be well served to either take some of those window coverings down or Mm -hmm. to replace them by something that's lighter, maybe not as heavy looking, maybe something that's sheerer. Because the realtor, when the realtor is doing a walkthrough of the property with you, they're going to help you see that 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 house, that property through new eyes. And maybe the real feature of that room or of that house is the view. And so as opposed to the room, as opposed to the bedroom or as opposed to the kitchen, it might be the view, it might be the garden that lo- lo- that it looks over. It might be the landscape it looks over. And so it, you might be well advised actually to take, some, to take some advice about actually removing some of those window treatments, if not all of them. We've been known to take them all down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, I think it's the absolute ideal scenario, uh, even if even if it's eliminating a little bit of privacy that you would naturally want uh, as a as a person who lives there. If you can just um, deal with them being down, and and just let the potential buyers see all the light and the extension of the living space outside. And then let them say, oh, but I would put a, I would likely put this up on the window. Well, let them say that. And uh, because they can do it and, and let them darken the room <laughs> a little bit once they live in there. But a lot of these coverings you talk about are just sort of, it's nothing to do with privacy. It's just, it's just like valances or those balloon things mm-hmm. or things that we're not doing anymore. Things that, that reflect a design yeah. preference from a different age. And, and that actually is a nice segue to making your house look a little more contemporary. And so mm-hmm. when we talk to clients, we respect the fact that they, the things they have in their homes are there because they love them and they made a design a decision to adopt those kinds of design solutions. And we're not suggesting they, they get rid of all of them. We're not unrealistic about our clients' budgets. But what we do, and I know what realtors do, is they will walk through a home with a, with a seller and they will give advice about, let's remove those items. Let's declutter that room. Let's take away the personal artifacts from that area. Because what we're trying to do is eliminate some, but not all of the contents of the house. The less things there are in an area, the more spacious a room Field. And space is a good thing because you want a buyer to come in and feel, oh, there's enough space here for me. Oh, my family can live here. And so our advice is not unrealistic. We try to find that fine balance between <coughs> recommending the change to a home, but mm-hmm. also working within a client's budget, which doesn't always mean bringing in new products to stage it. We're not saying it has to look like it's, you know, brand new design throughout. It's really... <laughs> removing some of the content so it feels more spacious and maybe making some budget conscious decisions about maybe a new color of paint or maybe coloring or painting over wallpaper. You you want it to feel somewhat more contemporary without erasing all of your design solutions. Yeah, and 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 cleaning goes a long ways. When when you talk about cleaning the windows, I I think also don't forget the tracks. Uh, because, y- yeah, you can bring in all the light, but then as somebody walks up, because they notice how beautiful the sunlight is and they walk up and, and the tracks are still dirty from the windows, uh, you know, that, that's just 
that's like an opposing sort of story going on there. Don't don't forget the details. This is a time to be detail oriented, or or have a, a friend who is or a realtor who is detail oriented give you some advice, and then and then when you say the painting, Catherine, uh, paint is pretty reasonable, and boy oh boy can it go a long ways. And um, yes, you love those rich colors, and and but maybe. It, it served you perfectly for living there and making you feel warm and happy, and but it might not be serving you to sell it to the masses now. No, and and the reality too is that dark, intense colors make a space feel smaller, and they're dramatic and they're really good for drama and they create certain kinds of aesthetic uh, impressions. But again, when you're selling your house, your house is now a product first and mm -hmm. foremost. And in order to limit its time on market and appeal to more buyers, you want to neutralize your personality. We always explain to clients by saying, we want to take the personality dial in the house and just turn it down. Not off. No, down, just, just down. Just down. Well, limited time on market and we have limited time on air. And so what I like about this, Catherine, we, we, we've only scratched the surface on the interior and so, folks, if you have a move in your future and you want to get the most bang for your buck, the biggest return on your investment and increase your equity, Catherine, we haven't given them all the tips. They might want to get in touch with you to help them get a better return. How can they contact you? Well, there are certainly, um, uh, we're certainly glad to talk to people that are interested in preparing their house for market. And the easiest way is still the old-fashioned way, which is give me a phone call. I'm the owner and probably the best point of contact. And so you can reach me at 905-717-3624. And if you want to take a look at more detail, we have a website under sage-relocation.com. So if you're looking to sell this year or next year and you would like to get the best return on investment you would like to get your home ready so that it appeals to more people and that people go from saying that house will work for us and what an offer like that looks like to i have to have that house Catherine at Sage Relocation Services is absolutely the person to contact and if you didn't get Catherine's information down you can always contact me as well because I would be happy to pass on Catherine's name and contact information uh, to you so Catherine thank you for joining us again today and uh, talking about getting the your home ready and your mind ready for this spring market oh it's always my pleasure to come in Dale and you're right we've only scratched the surface and, and maybe it's an opportunity for stage two or phase two of the same conversation yeah uh, absolutely I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting you back well we we already yeah we start talking about other topics too so always I know we have lots to go so folks if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage don't forget to join me next Thursday morning from 11 a.m. till 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM Truly Local Radio. Until next week, folks.
Serving Northumberland County as a not-for-profit, volunteer-run community radio station, this is CFWN-FM, Northumberland 89.7.